Welcome in. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. Sean, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Love people. Love uh, love talking to people. Do love, you? Yeah. Just absolutely love it. You know, I love being around people. The joy that they all bring me is just fantastic. Super sarcasm has just struck the face the, and voice of Jonathan. There is some... Do not call me Jonathan. <laughs> that is not my name. See, a prime example of, of why I'm in a great mood today. Uh, but anyways, let's go in. Let's talk about something that is going to bring us into a great mood. Uh, MMA Minutes. Obviously, we're going to be covering all fight nights. And we got UFC Fight Night Machida versus Brunson taking in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, on Saturday, October 28th. Yes. Um, give me an FS1. So if you are going to watch it, FS1 starts at 6 p.m. Um, Central Time. And yes. then uh, the prelims starting at uh, 4 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to watch that again, it's Saturday, October 28th. Machida versus Brunson. Headlining in Sao Paulo, Brazil. We're jumping in at the FS2 prelims. Vincente Luque versus Nico Price is the first fight we are talking about. Looking at both of these guys here in the welterweight division. Danny, what are your thoughts on Vincente Luque versus Nico Price? This is a very high-stakes welterweight fight. When you look at Vincente Luque, you you remember that knockout of Bilal Muhammad. And his last fight, he's coming off of a loss, but before that, he looked very impressive. However, he's taking on a very tough Nico Price. Nico Price is undefeated. He's young. He's big for a welterweight. He's long. He's violent. He's very scrambly, too. He's got great wrestling. He's great in the clinch. Um, and he just knocked out Alan Joban. And that's a pretty good feather in his cap. And he's only got three fights in the UFC. Mm-hmm. One was changed to no contest, but he's still 2-0 in the UFC. So I, I'm taking Nico Price in this fight. Yeah, Nico Price, like you mentioned, coming off a knockout of Alan Joban. You look at Vincente Luque coming off a loss against Leon Edwards. But prior to that, he had a win against Bilal Muhammad. Had a four-fight win streak as well. Um, after that last loss, or before that last loss as well. These guys are not ranked in the welterweight division, but you think Nico Price gets a couple more wins under his belt, he will be creeping closer and closer as a ranked fighter in the UFC. I'm going to you know, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm going to go with Nico Price, who's very impressive in that Joe Band fight. Oh, He's been yeah, very he impressive um, in the Alex Moreno fight, even though it was turned to a no contest. Um, it was just, you know, I, I like what I see from him. I think that he could be, uh, you know, giving some trouble to Vincente Luque. I feel like Nico Price just has that something... A little bit of extra that's going to take him to the next level. I feel of like he could be the fighter. Ne- I feel like he could be the next big star at welterweight at least. That's some that's some big praise there for Nico Price. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But anyways, we're going to move on now to the bantamweight division. John Lineker kicking off the main card, taking on Marlon Vera. John Lineker, the fifth ranked bantamweight in the UFC. Marlon Vera not ranked, but he's coming into this fight ten and three and one has a no contest in there as well. John Lineker twenty nine and eight. In his career, Lineker has lost a couple fights now at bantamweight, but still the fifth-ranked UFC uh, bantamweight. Um, do you think he's still dangerous? Does John Lineker still have enough to get a win against think, Marlon Vera? I think John Lineker is still dangerous. I mean, his only loss was to TJ Dillashaw, and before that he was on some crazy streak. He broke his jaw in the TJ Dillashaw fight, so he's had some time off. But TJ looked really good in that fight. Yes, and he did. John Lineker did not. No, he did not. He looked flat-footed. He looked, maybe that was, maybe he was nervous because that yeah. was his first real step-up in competition, well, and he, he, fighting a former champion in TJ Dillashaw. But then again, the fight before that, he fought, he fought Dotson, and that was a and bad, that was a con- fight. that too. was a controversial yeah. fight as well. That was a split decision, so it wasn't like he's been dominating the last two opponents. Right, but he did look good, and he he looked good, even though he was on the wrong side of a beating. He didn't. He wasn't stunned. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in any sort of real trouble. Not only does he have hands of stone, he's got he's got a oh chin he's got a stone. granite chin. Yeah, it's it's insane. Marlon Vera though is very tough. He's known for that head kick knockout of Brad Pickett, the one the head kick that retired Brad Pickett. 
Uh, he's real. He's real long. He's very scrambly too. He's got great jujitsu. He's got great submissions. Uh, he's got great wrestling too. Um, if he mix and he's got good movement, great footwork too. Uh, Marlon Vera is one of the up and coming bantamweights. I think he could get it done against John Lineker. Really? Yeah. You're taking he, Vera? Yeah, I'm taking Vera. I'm I'm going with uh, what I know best. I know John Lineker best. He's had some trouble making weight um in his flyweight career, but he's he's been fine in phantom weight, and I think John Lineker still has it, especially being in Brazil, um and him being a Brazilian. I'm gonna take John Lineker. But let's move on now. We're gonna go to next fight, middleweight fight between Tiago Santos taking on Jack Hermanson. Santos fifteen and five in his in his career. Jack Hermanson, 16-3 and three in his career. Who do you like better, the Brazilian or the Swede? Man, you know what? Both of these guys love to strike. Tiago Santos loves those kicks from the southpaw position, and when he plants that kick after, or when he plants that leg after he's kicked from southpaw position, he likes to stay, to, to stay in orthodox and throw those heavy hands. Jack uh, Hermanson mm-hmm. is an English-Swedish fighter, so it's very interesting background there. Uh, he was a middleweight. Fought in various organizations like Bellator, Cage Warriors, even Venator, excuse me, in Italy. So he's very experienced for a UFC middleweight. And uh, watching his fights from Cage Warriors, he's extremely violent. He's extremely violent. He loves that right kick. He loves to throw heavy hands, and he's got great submissions as well. I notice he likes to take the back a lot. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting fight. However, I'm going to go with Tiago Santos because of those strong kicks. You talk about how vicious Hermanson is coming off a two-fight win streak with both first-round knockouts. You look at Santos. He's also on a two-fight win streak, but he's been getting it done in later rounds as he's got two straight uh, round two knockouts. So these two guys are going to go at it, but usually whenever we see these guys coming in on hot streaks with the power to knock each other out it's gonna be like a you know a decision it's gonna be a three-round decision that like they, they they're very tentative in could be a war or it could be a wrestling match who knows yeah it's gonna be interesting to see i'm gonna go with santos though um 15 to 5 his, his, well. his face better you know c- competition and hermanson while he is you know experienced 16 and 3 i just feel like santos also has the athletic edge over hermanson but let's move on now to the next fight lightweight Fight between Francisco Trinidado versus Jim Miller. Who do you like in this one? Jim Miller or Trinidado? You know what? Trinaldo. Trinaldo. I don't know why I messed that up. (laughs) Trinaldo. This is a high-stakes fight in the lightweight division. Both guys are southpaw. Jim Miller is more of a grappler, and Francisco Trinaldo is much more of a striker. So this is a classic striker versus grappler matchup. Jim Miller, of course, is the longtime uh, UFC lightweight that hasn't gotten a title shot. He's been in the top 10 for years, but hasn't gotten that title shot yet. Currently outside of the top 15. Um, Francisco Trinaldo has... You know, put a lot of wins together in the UFC lightweight division, but he hasn't necessarily made a claim in the UFC's lightweight division. So that is why this is a very high-stakes fight. Francisco Trinaldo, even though he likes to strike, he's not afraid to go to the ground, and that goes the same for Jim Miller. Even though he's a powerful wrestler and he's got a great Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, he loves to box. So I'm going to go with Jim Miller because he's faced higher competition. He's got more fight IQ, I believe, than Francisco Trinaldo. So I feel I feel like in Francisco Francisco Trinaldo's last fight, he got outclassed on the ground. You really saw that against mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like Jim Jim Miller's going to take advantage of that. Yeah, before that loss to Kevin Lee, seven fight win streak for Trinaldo, but Jim Miller um, has fought higher competition in his last fights, three and f- two in his last five fights. But names like Takanori Gomi, Joe Lozon, 
Tiago Alves, uh, Dustin Poirier, and Anthony Pettis. I mean, these are high-class competition warriors that he is losing to, um, at least with um, you know Pettis and uh, Poirier in there for Miller. I think Miller has all the stuff to get a win here. I think Miller, like you mentioned, he's a guy that never got a title shot but was always in the top 10, always ranked. Um, he's been a guy that has stuck around the UFC for such a long time. I'm going to go with Jim Miller as well. But moving on now. The, the fight before the co-main event, we got another bantamweight fight. Pedro Munoz taking on Rob Fount, number 12 versus number 13. Munoz coming in 12, uh, 14 and 2 with one no contest. And then you have Rob Font also 14 and 2. No no contest over there, though. But do you like Font? Or do you like Munoz? I really like Font, but Munoz is dangerous as well. He's known for that guillotine as of late. Kind of reminds you of that Joe Daddy Stevenson guillotine choke from way back in the day. He's got a nasty guillotine. I think he's finished three, two or three of his UFC opponents that way. And uh, he's got some great striking. He's got some powerful hands. He's got good offensive wrestling as well. He's very powerful in the clinch with that strength short stocky build but Rob Font trains out of team Sit Yotung he's very light on his feet he's got great boxing he's also got great wrestling and great counter wrestling as well he's got very heavy hips for a bantamweight so I'm gonna go with Rob Font yeah you look at Rob Font two a uh, two fight win streak uh in his two fight win streak and then you also look at uh, Munoz who, like you mentioned he has a lot of skills he's a Brazilian fighting in Brazil obviously that's going to motivate him he's also on a three fight win streak but one thing that you mentioned was the boxing skills of Rob Font, and with a 71 to 64 reach advantage, I think that's really going to play into Rob Font's ability to win, keeping Absolutely. Munoz at distance. And like you said, even though Munoz is a great wrestler, I think that Font's going to likely to stay on the feet, but he's also a good counter wrestler, going to at least be able to stuff some takedowns and keep it on the feet. And I think Font's going to win that way, at least keeping distance. Don't know if he's going to be able to finish him, but at least be able to outclass him on the feet. Now we're moving on to the co-main event. A welterweight fight between Damian Maya and Colby Covington. Looking at this, Damian Maya number three in the UFC when it comes to welterweights. Covington number seven. Maya twenty-five and seven in his mixed martial arts career. Covington twelve and one. Maya coming off a loss to the current champion Tyron Woodley. Maya coming back to Brazil. Obviously, he was a monster before that loss to Woodley. Still is a monster, but Colby Covington up and coming in the UFC. Danny. Do you like Covington's chances to pull the upset on the guard, at least of the welterweight division? You know what? This is a very interesting fight. Colby Covington is an up-and-coming guy. He's only 7-1 and one in the UFC. He's training at American Top Team. He's a southpaw that loves to throw heavy leather. And at American Top Team, there are a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts that he can work with that have fought against Damian Maia with guys like Tyron Woodley. So... He's got the knowledge, he's got the background, but can he do it? Because before, it was Damian Maya, and then it was Tyron Woodley. And then who else was there at the UFC welterweight division? There was nobody else. You can't think of anybody else who's mm-hmm. the top two in the welterweight division that, other than Damian Maya or Tyron Woodley. Ty, uh, Damian Maya, when you see him, it's his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu game. That's it. It's his ground game. That's it. Um, if he puts together his striking, he can be a much more complete fighter. So maybe we'll see a lot more of uh, Damian Maya striking in this fight, but I think it's going to be the same game plan for Damian Maya. Look look to land a powerful, vicious single or double, take mm-hmm. him down, get mount, or take his back and choke him out. But I feel like if Colby Covington is wary of that and he can put together the same game plan as Tyron Woodley, he can put together some combinations on Damian Maya and put him away. But will he be able to do it? It's... That's the question. 
I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go for the underdog here. I'm going to go for Colby Covington. One thing you look at Covington's career, 7-1, and one, like you mentioned in the UFC, his only loss was a first-round submission loss to Worley Alves. However, since that loss in December 12th, uh, 2015, he has been able to improve his ground game. You look at a guy like Brian Barbarina, a guy who's been able to get submissions in the UFC, a guy who's been able to yeah. win on the ground, obviously not to the level of Damian Maya, but you look at Barbarina, was not able to land any takedowns on there, was not able to pass at all on the ground. Covington dominated that fight, 12 takedowns, three passes, was consi- consistently bringing down Barbarina, and yes, that was more of an offensive attack for Covington, but I feel like you know, he might have enough to at least keep Maya away, and we see how, you know, lackluster Maya is on the feet with striking. So He's very robotic with his combinations. I am not going to doubt Damian Maya, just because whenever you seem to doubt Damian Maya, he gets a win. Right. However, if Covington wins this fight, I will not be shocked, because Covington, again, 12-1, 7-1 in the UFC, he is an up-and-comer in this division. I feel like he has the tools to be the next champion or at least be a, a top contender in this division, possibly get a title fight soon. Maybe him and Nico Price will meet depending on how their fight goes against uh, Vicente Luca. Maybe, but so I, we'll see. I'm going to go Damian Maya uh, just because I trust Damian Maya. And, and yes, he does only have one weapon, but that weapon is dangerous. Yes. And he's really uh, the, the the best probably Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner in the UFC today. So I'll go with Damian Maya. But let's move on now to the main event, middleweight fight between number seven, Derek Brunson, who's 17 and five in his MMA career career taking on the dragon Lyoto machida who's the returning, return yes of who, the dragon who's returning after a two-year suspension um after a usada clip but this was not anything you know major it wasn't steroids he uh he, he got popped for a, a uh banned substance but the substance um that he took wasn't even anything i think it's now off the banned substance list so uh Lyoto machida did have a suspension uh, but it wasn't anything that you know is is super detrimental. I wouldn't I wouldn't look at Leota Machida as a cheater. Uh, but Leota Machida, former light heavyweight champion, uh, moving down now uh, and, and has been in the middleweight division for a while. But looking at this, Brunson versus Machida, you're going with the old guard in Leota Machida, or you're going to go with uh, Derek Brunson, the new up and comer. I'm going to go with Derek Brunson, the new up and comer, specifically because of his heavy hands. Again, both southpaw fighters. Um, he, but Derek Brunson has got good wrestling, and he's got heavy hands, and a formula like that is dangerous to somebody like Lyoto Machida. Lyoto Machida, at one point in time, was the dragon. He was the light heavyweight champion, and that was supposed to be the Machida era. That didn't happen because he ran into Shogun, and ever since then, he's kind of had the ups and downs in his career, mm-hmm. but he was the unsolved puzzle that needed to be solved with that karate background. And it's going to be very interesting too, because he also does have a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under the Nogueira brothers. And he's also got a background in sumo. So a lot of the, a lot of the uh, fighters who he's fought against who were wrestlers have always had trouble taking him down. Uh, he's very uh, light on his feet. He likes to throw combinations, punches and kicks. It's going to be a very interesting fight, but I have to go with Derek Brunson. I mean, I feel like Leota Machida doesn't have the chin that he used to. I feel like he can't take a good shot, uh, and I feel like Derek Brunson's just going to be putting pressure on him. Don't doubt the dragon, Danny. Both fighters are 1-2 and two in their last fights, but you'll say the last time that Leona Machida fought was June 27th of 2015. You look at Derek Brunson, last time he fought June 10th of 2017, getting a win against Daniel Kelly. However, looking at the last three fights for Derek Brunson, a win over Daniel Kelly, and a loss against Anderson Silva. Some people controversial. Claim, yeah, some people claim that Derek Brunson did win that fight, and then a knockout from Robert Whitaker, the current champion. <laughs> yeah, the interim champion. Interim champion. I hate that stupid term. Uh, <laughs> but you look at Machida, 
a win over CB Dalloway, then a loss to Luke Rockhold, who was not the champion at that point, but then became, became a champion. The champion. And then Yolo Romero, a guy who fought for the championship as well. I just feel like Leota, with the two years off, I think the break is honestly going to help him. Usually we don't see guys with that long of a break get helped, but I feel like he's going to have a mindset more uh, in line with Dominic Cruz that ring rust isn't real, and I think this right. is probably Machida coming out to prove something. And I think it's also giving his body a rest as well. This was a yeah. guy who was very active when he was in the UFC. Now this two-year um, suspension gave him a time to rest, gave him a time to at least you know work on things. I, I, I saw a picture of him. Um, from this week, and he looks exactly the same. It's not like he looks a little weaker. It looks like he like lost any strength. He looks exactly the same as as when he left. I think Machito still has the 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 the, the skills. I don't know why I stuttered that bad there. The skills to beat Derek Brunson here. I, I'm not gonna doubt the dragon. I'm gonna go with the former light heavyweight champ. But I think Machito might not be a guy who fights for a title again, but a guy that definitely could be in some high profile fights again in his career. Um, any final thoughts, Danny, on this fight card? This is a great card, very underrated card. Next week, we have the card. We got UFC 217 coming up next weekend in Madison Square Garden. Three title fights, Sean, three title fights. And if you haven't seen Ariel Hawani uh, build up this card, it's absolutely fantastic. He He's upset at Dana White for just coming out and be like, oh, we got a great card for you. And then Dana, uh, Ariel, I'm sorry, goes on this uh, rant and, and, and builds up the card, and it's absolutely fantastic. So if you have not seen it, it will get you hyped for UFC 217. Should be fun. Um, it will be get, fun. Yeah, it will be fun. Just want to give a shout-out, though, to uh, Darren Till for knocking out uh, Donald Cerrone. It was crazy, crazy. Told you. You did tell me. I told you. It was you. a crazy uh, fight card that we saw in Poland. Karolina Kovacavich also took uh, down Jody Escabel in that fight card. But that's going to wrap it up for the MMA Minutes. I'm taking Leota Machida in the main or in the main event, and yes. then Danny is taking Derek Brunson. Yes. Thank you so much for listening on WXAV 88.3 FM on SoundCloud. These were the MMA Minutes, and we'll talk to you next week.